There's Blake to Roy. This is for the podcast i'm your host connor scott and joining me as they do every week is tyler bagginstoss tom gilkey and over the phone over in the sticks in montana kyle george we're excited because obviously a lot of drama as the nba regular season dwindles down here in late august feels weird to say that still um and of course i think the man on the top of everyone's mind when it comes to the nba this week damian Freaking Lillard. <laughs> yeah, we're, baby. We're going to save that, Ty. I know you've got yeah. amped up. Tyler over here to my Itching. left has like Itching. three pages of handwritten notes. You love to see the passion. Um, but before we dive into all that, got to start as we always do with our layup lines, get warmed up a little bit. And we're going to go with some weekend highlights. And I think we got to start with Kyle here being remote over in Montana. Kyle, what's the occasion? What you doing? How you spending your time in the sticks? Uh, you know, just over here in Montana for a little family vacay uh, with the girlfriend's family. It's, it's been a good time so far. I've played a lot of cornhole, drank a lot of beers, <laughs> and played a lot of golf. So not not a lot to complain about over here. Um, excited to talk Blazers. Well, and, and Kyle, I, I, before we move to Tyler here, I want to um, analyze that a little bit. You hadn't golfed in like two or three years, and then the fact that the first time back is with the girlfriend's family, that's a nerve-wracking situation. How was the <laughs> shot first shot on T-Box 1? Oh, yeah. That, it I was definitely... I was nervous for sure because I, I've told you guys before, uh, my girlfriend's younger brother is really, really good at golf. And so it's almost like whenever you're playing with really good people, there's always that added pressure because you don't want to be so shitty to where they're like rolling their eyes like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> so there was some pressure, but my first deep box shot was actually pretty good. It was a drive. I think I was a little right in the fairway, typical me with my slice, but it was in play. It wasn't OP, so I'll take it. Oh, as long as you're in play, I mean, that's money. The that's key is being in play. <laughs> right. I think yeah, I exactly. Avoid being out of bounds. Dude, <laughs> I'll say for, a, you know, a plus 50 handicap that I am, every time I'm on the first tee box, even if no one's watching, my hands are like shaking. I feel like I'm in the PGA Championship. Shout yeah. out Colin Makawura. Uh, for winning that but I I swear and then add in the girlfriend's family Kyle props to you for that one Ty I saw you were on the water maybe this weekend I know your family has a boat and it looks like you were enjoying it hit us with your weekend highlight we do have a Manitou pontoon boat best pontoon (laughs) boats out there um but yeah my sister's going to Colorado for grad school shout out Tana she leaves tomorrow actually a Tuesday for a little two-year hiatus out in Colorado, Greeley, Colorado. So congrats to her, a little master school action. That's so exciting. Um, but this weekend, yeah, we went on the boat, celebrated that. It was a beautiful day on Sunday. Um, watched the Blazers, of course, Saturday morning. Don't really want to talk about it. And then I had to get my mind off it. Went to go shoot, uh, play some golf at Summerfield myself with my family. Played a little nine. Shot a surprising 40. And I think Tie. it might be my best Tie. round. Best Holy. round nine hole round at Summerfield or King City, our local golf courses here in Tigard, Oregon. But it felt phenomenal, boys. I mean, I there was a couple shots, you know, where you got to get lucky sometimes. I hit a three-wood, cranked it left, just hit off a tree, middle of fairway, saved me on the first hole. But um, 
Yeah, it was a blast, man. Shooting 40 really felt good. I mean, that's incredible. And speaking of best rounds ever, I'm going to go right to Tom because, unfortunately, I have to live that one down. <laughs> Tom, what did you do yesterday or the whole weekend? I mean, with you, we were at Detroit Lake this weekend. Uh, that's right. That was good time, as always, yeah. out on the boat. Beautiful. Not Manitoun. But I apologize. <laughs> but if we were to get a pontoon, it would have yeah. been a Manitoum because yeah. that's the only pontoon boat. This but we podcast. had to get out of there early on Sunday to make our uh, tea time at the reserve. Shot Ooh. a personal best 88. Ooh. Not only a personal Ooh. best, but it did beat Connor Daddy. Scott as well. So it uh, was like a Tom. double win And if anyone knows how competitive I am, if you know me in any aspect of life, uh, you know I still haven't gotten over it oh, here 40 out <laughs> hours later on Monday uh, night. And and I played pretty well. I, I putted terribly. I shot. I got out of there with a 90, though, so I wasn't too Ooh. mad. I, I think oh, it, my God. I think I could have put up a little better the number. You can but, golf a little bit. Uh, well, yeah, God, we, we're, we're like freaking PGA golfers <laughs> over here. I've spent enough of my salaries that I <laughs> <laughs> on, on the sport that I would hope I can at least find the hole once in a while. Yeah. Easy, Tyler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move into our next little warm-up topic here. Okay, this is a fun one that I, I had actually just been brainstorming in my own right. Heard it on a different podcast, I think. They were breaking down who... In the backyard blazers, would each of you put your one call to if you needed to hide a dead body? No questions asked. We don't even know if you did it, but you are now responsible of hiding a dead body, and you get a call one backyard blazer. Tyler, I'm going to start with you here. Who's your one call to and why? Where's your head at with that? Uh, We're going to see if this passes with the group, but I might be calling myself because (laughs) I think, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to keep it low profile. Nobody else is going to know, but I got the room out here at the farm. You guys know that. We got a little Twalton River action in the back, you know, little slip slide there down in the water goes there goes the body um i think i have the most resources possible to get rid of a body so i'm gonna go with myself do we do we accept that i I mean you could i accept the answer i think you're dead wrong because you are the first suspect the the guy (laughs) with the farm and all the rifles yeah that's who i'm gonna look at where the dead body is all right fine i'll take eagle scout tom that's that's a probably a that's a safe choice there (laughs) kyle kyle where's your head at so it's funny that you say that, Tyler, because when I saw this question in preparation for this podcast, you were the first person that immediately came to mind. I'm like, Tyler, for those exact reasons, you got the resources, you got the land, like I you had all those things going for you. And I was like, Ty, it's probably going to be my answer. Then I thought about it. Then I was like, wait a minute. There are two people that are also involved in this podcast, Connor and Tom, that are huge Sopranos guys. So I know that they're going to have the true the knowledge true. just walk from that watching that show. Such being a like, good point. How are they going to be re- be willing to get rid of a body? Like they're going to know how to do it just from watching that because they've lived vicariously through the characters. And I know, and I didn't even think about the Eagle Scout part in Tom. So I was going to say Connor because he's seen the Sopranos a lot. But Tom is watching and is also an Eagle Scout, so it's the <laughs> double combo right there. So I'm live changing my answer to Tom. Oh. Damn, a live change, Tom. You've got to feel honored. How are you taking advantage of two votes so far? Are you picking yourself like Tyler? I really appreciate the uh, the Eagle Scout look into it. Uh, I wouldn't say that was one of the merit badges on how to uh, hide a dead body. <laughs> I, I appreciate where you least. guys are coming from. Uh, Kyle I, brought up a good point. Uh my initial thought was Connor's love for the Sopranos as well as mine. Uh, rewatching it multiple times, just the multiple different ways you can do it. Uh, I was a little concerned with Connor. <laughs> he is quite a talker, which <laughs> concerns me. But there's quite a few talkers in the Sopranos as well. But I think something that's serious is when you zip your lips. Uh, it might be the uh, the bowling ball into the river. It could be buried. I don't know. But I think 
Connor's knowledge of hiding bodies would have to come into play. There. Thank you. <laughs> I was I was expecting to get at least one vote, if I'm to be honest. Uh, you know, I wasn't I, expecting to get one, so that's good. No, and and Kyle, to be honest, You're I too I, I wanted to get to the point where I could pick you because I figured you and I would be like either the one or zeros in this, and Tyler and Tom would be the you know easy choice. But the thing, Kyle, the reason I couldn't pick you is because. I think you'd be great in helping me hide it. I think you'd be tight-lipped. But what would happen is we'd get in some stupid argument, both being so stubborn, and then you're like, what you're going to do once I have a good point, you're going to oh, yeah? Well, you want me to go to the police? You want me to go to the police? Well, I'm right. And it's, so it's going to Let me tell you me. why you're wrong in that, though, because you never have good points. So I would, oh, have to oh. because I would, I would always win. Yeah, you only do a weekly podcast with me. I must have terrible <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think I would go with... Ooh, this, this is tough because the thing about Tom that people don't know is I think in times of high stress from, uh, you know, some experiences we've had together, he's calmed to a point. I think the dead body might send him over. I think he might be a little twitchy at that point. <laughs> you think I he th would? Oh, yeah. I've seen him. When he's nervous on a golf shot, that dude's feet tap back and forth like I've oh, never yeah. seen. Yeah, um, yeah, I might be taking shots because I lost. But uh, <laughs> then I'm thinking Tyler. But then I'm thinking, man, when Tyler drinks, maybe he gets a little <laughs> loose lip too. So really, I, I think what would happen is I'd make a three-way call to all, all three of you. Yeah. <laughs> Just say, hey, boys, <laughs> we are screwed, but we're going down together. Have a couple roommates for prison. It would be sweet. Yeah. All righty, next question before we dive into the Blazers and all the drama that ensued this weekend. Uh, I got to know, this came up around the campfire at Detroit Lake. Which actor or actress, I guess, it doesn't really matter, however you pick, uh, would you pick to play yourself in your life's movie, right? So just a recount of your life. You can dramatize. It doesn't really matter. But the point is, who would you pick to star in your role? Tom, I'm going to look at you here first. Um, who, who would you pick you know, to convey the essence that is Tom Gilkey? We did kind of go back and forth in this at the campfire. Uh, I would have to go with Miles Teller for myself. Uh, I think he's an attainable character, have some of the same qualities. Uh, I was in percussion in middle school. They only let me touch the bass drum, but he was also in Whiplash. So I feel like that's, <laughs> that's even more that's of a so connection. Good. Great movie. Great <laughs> that is movie. a great movie. Miles Teller is a good one for you. I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, Kyle, I know you're related to a couple famous actors, right? At least one. Uh, uh, who are, who uh, are you two. two. Well, I'm not picking Casey or Ben Affleck, despite them being my close relatives. Bullshit. And my brother. Um, <laughs> So I'm not picking them, but I, and I was actually I wasn't sure who to pick, so I was uh, cooperating with my girlfriend Chloe on who I should be choosing for this, and she got a good suggestion, and I and I like this one, so I'm going with Army Hammer. Army Hammer is a guy for those who don't know who plays the Winklevoss twins in the Social Network. If you can picture them, like oh, we, yeah. if, if if he slimmed down because he's a lot bigger than me, if he did like one of those Christian Bale type things where he just like cut a lot of weight and got skinnier, <laughs> I think he would kind of look like me, and because we do have similar facial features. So I'm going to go with him for that reason, even though personality-wise, I have no idea what he's like. Okay, that's cool. You're going with the – I get going with the kind of physical aspect of it because that's where all our heads probably go first. Tyler, I know you probably yes. are tying yours to – Yes. What? I mean, the, I'm going Seth Rogen, and purely off of the cur curly hair and that we partake in some of the same uh, extracurricular activities um, when we like to have a – a you know, chill night. A chill night. You know, just just to relax a little bit. Take the take your mind off a couple things. You so might you might enjoy the same purely for mechanism. a couple of those reasons. The curly hair and uh, she likes to chill out. You know, chill. Okay, bro. okay, I like that too. I I think I could see that one 
super easily, not just because of the hair, but I also think the humor is almost pretty similar and everything, <laughs> and the laugh even. I like it. Yep. Um, mine would be old school office, John Krasinski, long hair flipped Ooh, out, seasons one, hit. two, three, because mm. I think he's, you know, he got too hot to be me after about season four and five, mm -hmm. and especially now when he's all Jack Ryan'd up. Yeah, but those good. first couple seasons, he's right in that perfect little niche, and he he always is playing the sarcasm, kind of the undercover looks at the camera, all that stuff. That's right up my alley for humor-wise. Yep. I, I think I'd have to go early, early career John Krasinski on mine. Not Vince Vaughn out of Connor. I, well, I wanted all to the pick... times you just talk about him. No, he's my favorite. I mean, Vince Vaughn, number one in my life. And then number two, Kevin Costner, as we mentioned last episode. But uh, I, I just <laughs> felt like that's doing Vince Vaughn a disservice. No I one mean, has the charisma that Vince no Vaughn has. I want to so badly. I want to do that fast-talking thing he does where he's kind of talking to everyone at once. Yeah. But damn, is he just the best. He's good. Uh, um, okay. That's all the layup lines we have time for today because there was a lot of drama this weekend. If you are a Portland Trailblazer fan or a fan of the NBA, uh, since the last time we talked, the Blazers have played four games and managed to squeak out three wins, which is much needed, obviously, starting with a 110-102 win over the Rockets, followed that up with a 125-115 win over the Nuggets. Then the game everyone was talking about, an unfortunate loss to the Los Angeles Clippers with quite a few extracurriculars following uh, mm -hmm. the finale or during. the final of that game and during, mm -hmm. excuse me. And we'll get right into that. But then wrapped up the week, beating the 76ers, 124, 121. Damian Lillard, my gosh, yeah. 51 points, seven assists, three boards. Yep. I mean, you'd expect nothing less after some of the shade thrown his way. Um, Tyler, I'm going to go to you here because I, I think we need to start with that Los Angeles Clippers game. It was yep. the talk of the town. And I, just go ahead and break down a little recap for us of what yeah, transpired yeah, yeah, during and guys. after the game. Yeah, I got you guys. So after the game, Damian Lillard post-game press conference. He says, says a couple things to, that Chris Haynes later ends up posting on Twitter along the lines of how he sent Patrick Beverly home in, uh, what was that, 2014? 2013, yeah. sorry. And then he was talking about how he sent uh, Paul George home the year before, which was last year we all know the famous goodbye wave. Um, so just a couple things on that. It, it was probably an hour or two after the game. Uh, House of Highlights, or Bleacher Report, sorry, ends up posting that clip of Damien's interview. And then below that, we get a few comments from our guy, Paul George, um, saying, and you s getting sent home this year, respect. And then Dame comes back under that saying, keep switching teams, running from the grind, you boys is chumps. And then, sorry, uh, Patrick Beverly before that added a Cancun on three with a little clapping emoji. So then after that, oh, something that also needs to be brought into brought to light for you guys is how Damien's sister, Lene Lillard, and pa uh, Paul George's wife or girlfriend, not sure which, they got in a little Instagram battle posting each other's. Uh, Paul George's wife or girlfriend ends up deleting this post, but it says, Someone, somebody come get this cow at Lene Lillard. And I mean, that's, that's almost worse than a cuss word. That's like, way over the line. Yeah, that's <laughs> way over the line. And then Dame's sister wasn't shy either, but before that she said, um, hating ass. And then oh. that's just what it is. I mean, you guys can edit that out if you want. But uh, oh, um, so the whole families were getting to it. And I mean, Dame really did a number to these guys because they're getting a real emotional. And now let me remind you guys, this is a regular season game. This is a regular season game. So um, after the after those comments were made on Instagram, Paul George then went and set, uh, posted an Instagram story basically saying how things would have been different throughout his career if it weren't for injuries. 
Okay, so that's the first red flag. He comes out pulling the injury card. Kind of whack, kind of, like, it's just facts. It happened, you got injured, Very it sucks, beta. but it's just, it is what it is. And then, meanwhile, if you want to pull the injury card, the Portland Trailblazers have been dealing with injuries all season long. Nurk's been out. Zach Collins went out early. Dame went out for a couple weeks towards the end of this season. Um, but you Not know the injury. mentioned last season, we didn't have Nurk in Western Conference Finals. I mean, come on. Uh, thank like, you, what, Kyle. what are we talking about here? Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> so that's why I just don't like the injury to pull out the injury card at all. So then he says, I had more success than you with my first team. So then, obviously, I had to go do a little digging, Connor. Of course. I would expect nothing less. Um, so never won, a, never won an NBA championship. Neither has Dame. But when he was with the Indiana Pacers, he made it to the Eastern Conference Finals twice in back-to-back years, the 2013-2014 season and the 2014-2015 season. That first Finals game, he went for seven points, two of nine shooting. Uh, just non-existent, gone. So then he ends up leaving Indiana. He spent seven years there. He made two Eastern Conference Finals, lost in the first round, lost in the second round, and missed the playoffs and then lost in the first round again to Toronto. So then he gets traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. First season with the Thunder, they get swept by Utah and a rookie Donovan Mitchell with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. And you know what he does that game? You, want to know, you know what he does, Kyle? What does he do? What's Five he do? points, he do, two of 16 shooting. Five points, two of 16 shooting. And they're talking about how Dame time's running out, running out of time. Like, dude, you're both, by the way, Paul George, 30 years old. Damian Lillard, 30 years old. So then, and we all know what happened last year. He First Very year, 27, time. 2018, Very. Utah lose, or loses to uh, Series 1 to Utah. And then we bury him in the first round last year. And then, I don't even feel like it's fair to bring up Pat Beverly's stats. He's 32 years old. He's made it to, you know, a, a, he's never made it past the... He made one Western Conference final. He finals. made one Western Conference final in 2014. But Dame killed him in 2013 with that game when he shot over the Rockets. And then you want to talk about being a better player. I just like career stats because stats don't lie. Uh, Paul George, 20 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, and 3.4 assists. Damian Lillard has 24.1 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, 6.5 assists. So he averages four more points a game. He's a far and, a better, far and away better leader. And no moment is ever too big for him. I don't remember any... Crazy Paul George uh, clutch shots in the playoffs. I don't know if you guys do, but you can uh, you can correct me. Go if ahead I'm wrong. and add us. Yeah, because <laughs> we'll just anyway, respond with a Dame clutch shot. It's There's funny more. how everyone gets mad when Damian responds to something. Now it, he he never initiated any of it. Patrick Beverly early in the first quarter started talking um, to Dame, and then Dame looked over and was like, "I want you out here, boy. I want to cook you." And then uh, late in the that game when Dame missed the two free throws and he missed that last second three. Um, they were all tapping their wrists and, you know, saying how Dame time was running out. So it's just funny how everyone gets mad when Dame responds. He's clearly much better, and Dame is just the truth, man. Dame is the absolute truth. And, and Kyle, a lot to unpack there, obviously, but uh, what are your thoughts on kind of Paul George and Pat Bev's reaction to Damian Lillard's postgame comments if you had a chance to see him? Because, you know, in typical Damian Lillard fashion, when the reporter asked the question, he took no prisoners, but he also answered it very calm, very respectfully, I thought. And really what he said was, it shows me how much those guys respect me because I sent them both home. And then for both of them to come back so aggressively, does that what's that tell you about kind of the situation or the impact Dame might have on a lot of his opponents with that clutch gene and with the 
willingness to be an outspoken leader and an outspoken competitor. Well, first off, Ty, great job on the summary. That was a lot to recap, and I, I felt like we laid all the facts. Yes, the phenomenal. Quick round have. of applause for Ty. Um, but for Khan, to answer your question, I, I found I think the best word to describe it is just bizarre, because I I think as Tyler pointed out, one, this was a regular season game. Two, to comment and make those comments, basically saying that how we sent you home, Cancun on three or whatever, implying that that victory over Portland eliminated us from making the playoffs. Because that's what, that's what it seems like to me. Is like, if you're going to make those comments, you're saying, ha, oh, bye-bye, Dame, or whatever, go have fun in Cancun. You're implying that we've been eliminated when we're still, in fact, the nine seed and have three games left to play at that time. We had three more games left to play. So I don't really understand why they made those comments because it's like, you didn't send Dame home. Like he's probably like, we still have a very good chance of making the playoffs. And then we beat the 76ers an even better chance of making the playoffs. So it's just very bizarre to me that they would kind of come at Dame who, as we all know, is going to speak the truth is very loyal is a great leader is very mature and showed that in his responses to the questions that he was asked in that interview. Because I think that was like one of the better ways you could answer that question. Right. Because he didn't further the drama. He just said, I see it as a sign of respect, which I think that shows his maturity and his poise in an interview to not continue the drama. He was just essentially trying to end it right then and there, and then they continue to come at him. And I think Stephen A. Smith earlier today said it best. is like, just don't come at me, right? Just don't come at him because he's probably going to win. You don't. There's not really any dirt on Damian Lillard that you can pull aside from the fact that he hasn't won a championship and made a finals, but that's because he stayed loyal to Portland and he's – Made, maintained his leadership as the face of the franchise, hasn't joined other teams like the likes of Paul George and all the other guys around the league. So I think like there's a reason why he hasn't made a finals, right? He hasn't teamed up with the superstar team, which is kind of what you've been having to do the last five years in order to make the finals. So I just found it very bizarre, Con. That was a lot. I, I know I just rambled for a while there, but that's no, kind that, of that was that's really well said, and I agree. And I think the thing that stuck out most to me out of all of this, Pat Bev didn't play in the game. I just don't understand how you can talk that. I mean, I guess Pat Bev does that just waking up in the morning. Mm -hmm. But and I respect it. He's an irritant. That's his job in the NBA. But to not play and then act like Dame doesn't cook you each time you're out there is insane to me, especially when Pat Bev just had released a comment, I think, in like June of quarantine. So like two months before the NBA restart. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I, I don't fear guarding anyone. But if you're making me answer the question, I, I'd say Dame's one of the toughest to guard. And then to come back so aggressively pretending like Dame's not clutch tapping the wrist and all that, I get trying to get in a player's head, but this is Damian Lillard. And the reason I say this is Damian Lillard is because, Tyler, going back to you here, then you put out a tweet. You see all this drama unfold. We heard you just summarize it beautifully. You put out a tweet from at Backyard Blazers. Follow us at Backyard Blazers on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Backyard Blazers. <laughs> uh, and you said yes. in the morning, Sunday morning, well before this game against the 76ers. Wake up, drinking some coffee, just had a couple thoughts on the mind. Right, and and I believe you said, if you don't think Dame's dropping 50 tonight, you're crazy. You're just wrong. Yeah. You're just wrong. And then, Tyler, he proceeds to drop 51. Were you even surprised? Or, I mean, does it ever get old? Not old, I said, does it ever get less surprising to watch him no. always come through the, in these responses? First of all, Dame, 10 50-point games, Paul George has none. Uh but no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and, and the, Dame's the, last 50 point game against Paul George and OKC in game. Yeah, but bye bye Paul George. Yeah. Bye bye, bad shot. No, but 
he he scored fifty, and they were all lands. Like he was he was off from three is the thing. He he could have put up seventy that game. He was actually shooting the ball bad from the outside in the first half. He got a couple to fall in the second half, but the majority of it was just just straight up looking dudes in the face and like I'm better than you. Crossover bucket land, you're good. And then one last thing on Paul George and just the Clippers being some bitches is. Paul George, and you know how much we've been loving Gary Trent Jr. play these last few games, um, was locking him up. And then at a point, Paul George mentioned uh, Gary Trent saying something like, you talk too much, you talk too much. Yo, dude, wake up. Your teammate's Patrick Beverly. You got the biggest talker in the league, bro. Like You get a little mad over some 21-year-old guy that's locking your ass up. Dude, call, you, you, Patrick Beverly is on your team. Please don't give me any of that you talk too much. Like, it, I, I just, that bugged me. I... I actually kind of liked seeing him say that because of the fact that it just shows Gary Trent Jr.'s to be taken seriously. Yes. If he is actually talking too much and wasn't important as the comment was meant to make everyone feel, you wouldn't pay him any mind, would you? Mm-hmm. But he's obviously affecting the outcome of the game, and we know Gary Trent Jr. has been in fuego. And one more thing, boys. <laughs> one more thing. Gosh dang it. After all this went down, I think maybe yesterday or the day before, Paul George posted a picture on Instagram of him fishing saying with the, the caption saying, get that hate out your heart, back to my regular scheduled business, and he was fishing. What's hating about speaking facts? Dame isn't out here, like, in the middle of the game, like, yo, yo, Patrick Beverly, you can't make that shit. Like, I don't, you, you don't got that. He's literally just laying out facts, like, statistical facts. Like, yes, I sent your ass home last year. Yes, Patrick, I did the same thing to you a few years back. Like, you guys ha- have no more success than I do. I'm better at you than everything. Like, st- Facts. Facts. I mean, that's what Dan does. Like, he speaks facts. Get that hate out your heart. Like, how's that hate? It's just facts, bro. Not to mention they commented first. <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating. Um, I, I, it's one of those situations, Kyle, I'm sure you can uh, identify. I want to know your thoughts. But as I was kind of reading everything that was happening, I just got that fire in my stomach like I was actually on the team. And like I, I had to take a second to like, kind of walk around and be like, okay, I have no effect on this situation because I was getting ready to line up some pretty vulgar tweets or whatnot at whoever. Um, speaking, speaking of feeling like you're on the team, we got to shout out our boy Eli Murray out there in the bubble, out there in Orlando, a guy from Tiger Twalton just like us. He's really part of the team, man. It's really got to feel like a sense of accomplishment. Like I, You could only imagine like what he feels like legitimately being a part of the team oh, and how fun it must be to be – like on a team with Damon, all these guys and Carmel, like Carmelo Anthony. Eli is with motherfucking Carmelo Anthony. Do you do you know how crazy that is? Absolutely, and I think I, I think the we all kind of live vicariously through Eli, so we love seeing all his photos and whatnot. But um, at the same time, it's really cool to see the way he's kind of pursued and worked his way up the ranks. I think he's totally. the head of their equipment. He's yeah, a, he's, a, he's it's very cool. Every single game you see him back there grinding something that we've enjoyed. Hope to get a chance to talk to him after the season's over. Um, you talked about Carmelo Anthony there. Kyle, I want to go to you. Carmelo has had a resurgence. I mean, it feels like at least. I don't know what the stats are going to say, but you can tell he's affecting the game in a far different way. Uh, what What's your thoughts on how skinny Mellows fit in with the Blazers and how we're going to need him to perform in the playoffs? Obviously, some lackluster defense from the whole team these past couple games. Uh, where's your head at? I mean, it's. It, it, I think it. It all circles back. <laughs> this is funny. It all circles back to Damian Lillard, and here's why I say that. It's because I think that the culture and the leadership that he presents as the face of the franchise and, and in that locker room, I think he's capable of twisting. Not twisting. I don't want to say like twisting or manipulating, but changing people's mindsets. 
And I think we, he's already proven that with Nurkic. And I think he did the same thing with Carmelo Anthony in the sense where obviously from day one, and we're, we're dating back two years, about about two years, where Dame was, you know, obviously wanting Carmelo to join Portland. And this was a couple of years ago. And there was a reason for that. And Dame saw that Carmelo was still capable of producing in this league and would fit in great with our with our team. And because um, that was kind of the role we needed was a three guard that was capable of putting up some points and having some veteran experience and whatnot. And so I think when you combine, obviously, Melo's greatness, because I think that does get forgotten, especially within the last three years. Now. Exactly. I think when you combine Melo's greatness and obviously his basketball talents with the leadership of Damian Lillard, you're, it, the outcome isn't going to be anything but great. And that's I, I think that speaks to both of them in, in their own in their own ways, like Melo's skill, Dane's leadership. It's it's just amazing. I'm super happy that Melo is back. I'm super happy that the media is now back on board with the with Skinny Melo. It's it, I'm super happy for him, and I'm glad he's doing it in Portland. And we're going to need him to do it these last two games as well of the regular season as it currently sits. The Blazers a half game back of that eight spot. Memphis hanging on by a thread at 33 and 38. Blazers themselves 33 and 39, followed by the upstart Phoenix Suns who are undefeated still in the bubble, 32 and 39 themselves. And then I believe the Spurs are the last eligible team still in the running um, at 31, 38. They're both one game back of Memphis. Uh, Ty, I want to go to you here because... The Blazers, some an interesting stat that was brought up to us or that I didn't notice um, by Chance Ward, our good friend, was the Blazers actually have played one more game than every other team in yep. the running for this spot. Uh-huh. And that. that can either help us a ton at season's end or hurt us a ton at season's end. Uh-huh. How do you feel about the impact of that extra game and where it puts your mindset as a fan during these last two? Are you thinking it's going to help us, or are you thinking, man, that's going to hurt us? Well, honestly, I'm not quite sure, because I don't know how the numbers work out with, like, the Spurs behind us, and, the, like, do we have the season advantage on the Spurs? Does Basically, anyone... we can't tie them, regardless. Like, even if we don't, if they win two games and we go one and one, they're going to end a half game above us, but if we go two and oh, we have the spot. So, that's where I do like the situation, is because the season's in our hands. It's up to the Blazers to make it happen, and whenever you give that type of opportunity to guys like Dame, CJ, Nurk, Mello you got to ride with them. And I love that we just got to go out and win these two games. And I know that's exactly what they're thinking about. We got Brooklyn and we got Mavericks, right? Yeah, the Mavericks sat Luka and Kristaps today. I don't know if they'll do the same against the Blazers, but it'd sure be nice. Um, <laughs> it sure would be. But, no, I, I love the situation we're in. I mean, we do, we're doing the best we can here in this bubble. You know you're going to – we lost a tough one against the Clippers, but the season is still in our hands, and I, and I trust our guys to get it done. And I think there's also that outside perspective that Memphis could lose these last two and lose grips of totally. any spot, yep. um, especially with Jaron Jackson Jr. out. Kyle, if the Blazers are to win these last two, that puts them at that 6-2 and two mark you predicted heading into the NBA regular season in the bubble. Um, obviously, these are must-wins, but you noted earlier today that that extra game made you a little anxious. Where's your... Uh, kind of gut feeling at or, or what's your instant reaction when you first read that I think like as a fan like uh, obviously it's like I mentioned earlier it does stress me out a little bit like knowing that we like it, being in a situation where you have to win is just gonna always stress me out that's just kind of the person like the personality I have but I totally agree with Tyler in the sense like being that it is completely in our hands there's nobody else I would rather 
have it is than Damian Lillard. Because, yeah. like, I, I trust that man, like, with my life, basically, despite not knowing him He's personally. the dude I'm calling and to bury the dead body. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. a good answer. And, and, it, it, and honestly, that's like, so and this, is, this may be a hot take. Like, it, actually, it is kind of a hot take. But if there's anybody I could pick in the NBA saying, like, you have two games to win, like, you need to lead this team and do it, I'm honestly selecting Damian Lillard. Because I just think he has the mindset that can overcome anything, and he doesn't care what the media says. He doesn't care if people are talking trash to him and saying you can't do something. He's going to do what he thinks he can do, and he thinks he can do anything. So I believe in him, and I, I'm comfortable um, with these two games because I think we're going to pull them out because I believe in Dane, CJ, Nerf, Mello, just like Pat said. And, and it's funny now that we're looking forward at these last two games, Tyler already noted, versus the Mavericks and Nets, um, how – the schedule is almost flipped on its head. The Mavericks are a very tough team, but if they are to sit KP and Luka um, because they've Completely clinched their game. spot, I mean, them and the Nets are probably two decent opponents you want to draw for these last two games after running the gauntlet for Portland. So totally. I'm definitely liking that. Yeah, I mean... Not to mention Memphis has two tough teams. Right. They, you, they you, have Milwaukee and someone else. you got to believe that they're going to drop one eventually. Um, but no, I, I like it. I like our last two matchups. And then one thing that I do want to note from... Damian Lillard in the uh, Los Angeles Clippers game is that I saw a little bit of hate online this week about how someone quote tweeted and said on a Damian Lillard uh, interview, like, well, you should have just made the two free throws if you didn't want it to go like this or something along those lines. Like, dude, what else does Dame have to do for you to like give him, cut him a little slack? Like he missed two free throws one time. Like he's done everything for the Blazers his eight season or eight years he's been with us like it's gonna happen the great ones miss some shots sometimes like cut the guy some slack well and and I hate that quote and in especially general, it was because it was from a Portland fan right and the other thing is like I get it we're all upset as fans but how many times does a guy have to <laughs> come through in the clutch like you just mentioned to earn the title of having the clutch gene yes he's not gonna make every single one but look in history I mean <laughs> MJ, LeBron, Larry Bird, whoever you want to talk about that's yeah. known as kind of one of those late-game type players, um, they've all missed, probably yes. more than they've made. I think MJ sure. has a pretty damn famous quote about it. Yes. Um, How many step-back 40-footers you got to hit for the fans? <laughs> Before the fans are full. The most annoying thing is it was a Portland Trailblazer fans that I was seeing it from. I'm like, dude, like, come on now, bro. <laughs> come on. Um, the last thing I want to get to here about the Blazers before we go on to Tom's topic as well as the free ad of the week. Um, I saw a little bit of a rumor mill yet again. This happens with Blazer fans uh, about once a season. Obviously, we're getting kind of two seasons in one with this setup. But the Terry Stotts rumor mill, as always, I think it's more of a fan thing than it is an actual yes. NBA personnel thing. I don't think anyone on the team is thinking he needs to go or anything like that. Um, but what are your guys' reactions? I mean right now to hearing that after you've seen the Blazers play um, not only earlier this season, but now again in the bubble, as well as kind of as this cycle continues to hit every season. Are you a ride with Terry, or do you think he has some room to improve? Do you think a lot of the critiques are valid, or is it a lot of couch coaches that think they can do better that are actually uh, full of shit? I mean, I can take this one. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm, who else do you want? Like, Terry is a, a phenomenal coach, in my opinion. He's a trust his players. Everyone loves him. The same reason we critique Dame. I mean, he doesn't have a championship. Like, it's it's tough to win, man. It's not like every team just goes out there and, and has one. Like, the Warriors won, I don't know, what, four straight or something, or three or four. Like, it's tough to win. We just made it to the finals last year. I think he's a ph phenomenal coach. 
everyone has stuff to improve on. I mean, no one's perfect. Shit, LeBron's still improving on stuff. But I think it's ridiculous to hate on him for I don't know what what I don't even know what you can hate on him for. Like I think a lot of people are uh, a little bit over the defense in general, and yeah, and I mean it's defense. it's going on a couple years now where the defense has been a little bit lackluster. Uh-huh. Um, but again, Kyle, to that point, when you know your two best players are guards, and especially somewhat smaller guards, you don't have a lot of resources to spend on bigger wing defenders or things like that. I don't know if it's exactly a result of Terry Stotts. Um, what's your opinion on the matter? I am a huge Terry Stotts fan and don't really agree with the rumors that he should like be fired or we, I, I don't really understand that. I think, I think the head coach in the NBA, like outside of the X's and O's, a lot of their success has to do with culture. And that's one thing that I always like to wrap it or like essentially circle back to in Portland is our culture. And I think having a coach that the players like playing for, makes a big difference, especially your best players. And that would be all of our best players that played for Terry for a long time now, outside of like Mello. And I guess Gary Trenchel had been in the league for a little bit. But besides the point, I like having Terry because I know our players like Terry. And yes, you can critique his defensive schemes, but I think a lot of that has to do with also personnel. It's like if you don't have the personnel to have a great defense, your coaching's not going to make a big difference. Like the NBA, like the NBA is too much talent. There's too many skilled offensive players where there's only so much you can do, right? I, when, right. when it comes to your scheme, is what I'm trying to say. So I'm not going to, you know, try and say like, oh, Terry should be fired because our defense has been poor. Because I don't really think there's truth to that statement. Um, so I'm a huge fan of his, and I, I want him in Portland. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't like those rumors. I, I definitely never like those rumors either, but I will admit I, I always kind of overly stan any Portland coach like Nate McMillan, Maurice Cheeks, oh, all totally. Ca- uh, Caleb Canales. I was all over <laughs> all of those. We guys. better keep like, Caleb. He's the next one. Yeah, he's the next one. <laughs> Interim coach led us to four and four. Hire him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's part of being a Blazer fan. Yeah. Like everyone who comes through, we love you, except for Raymond Felton. Except for Raymond Felton. Oh, Raymond. <laughs> also, um, like, okay, you fired Terry Stotts. Who else are you going to get? Like, who else are you going to go get that's better than Terry? Well, and I think I think the one thing Terry Stotts has proven in his whole NBA career, not just with Portland, is the dude can coach the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, was the offensive coordinator during the 2011 Dallas Mavericks yep. run, as well as a ran a pretty high-powered p- offense with Milwaukee back in his short tenure with them. They weren't a great team, but he did figure out the offense, and you see him doing it um, day in and day out with Portland. I do still hold the New Orleans Pelicans first round sweep against him a tiny bit because I think we could have schemed out of those high double teams on pick and rolls, but I'm trying to let it go. It's definitely not enough to have Terry be fired after all he's done and to make up for it, in my opinion. Um, Last little thing here I want to get to is, Kyle, this is more for you. I'm wondering what you think about the shortened Blazer rotation. I'm wondering what you think about uh, kind of the resources we have on our bench and where we can kind of pick and choose. Are we going to be playing seven guys? Are we going to be playing nine guys? Are we playing six guys? What do you see in Portland's rotation that uh, you like or dislike? Um, I, I kind of, I'm a fan of the shorter rotation, to be honest. Like, I understand that it can have an impact on, on your superstars if they're not getting a lot of rest. But I kind of feel like, it fits our team. Like I feel like the guys that we have out there right now that are playing are playing really well together. And I don't think we should change that if, if that's going to continue. 
Um, so I'm, I'm kind of a fan of the shorter rotation. I, I don't really know why. I don't really have like a, a strong point to back it up. It's just kind of like a personal preference, I guess. All righty. Well, I think a good point to it, Kyle, is like your guys just get more familiar with each other, less people, you know, their tendencies better. Um, I think that's also kind of for the Blazers. We just don't have the, the bodies or the healthy bodies that we want. Um, I miss Trevor. Available. Yeah, obviously missing, missing Rodney and Ariza and, you know, uh, changes that. And I know if those guys were here, our rotation would be bigger. Long wing players. Rodney might not be the best defender, but he's not bad. And we all know what Trevor brings to the table. So missing those two is huge. But obviously we love Gary off the bench. That's one oh. thing that we have all determined. <laughs> Sixth man of the year. Yeah. After I mean, six I, games. I like him finishing him. the games for us. I, I mean, I just do. Um, but yeah, I think with this Blazer team, I do like a shortened uh, player rotation con. And and Kyle, you you did well to tiptoe over that because I was I was trying to get you to bring up Hassan Whiteside who was out the last uh, game. <laughs> um, but you did a, you, you said you'd give him a new new perspective, a refreshed perspective from your side, and you have so far. So well done there. All right. Yeah, I, you know I'm, I'm trying to learn how to you know do interviews like Damian Lillard. You know, <laughs> and, and be mature. Be and well just really thought be out. in my responses. Yes. <laughs> I usually just start talking and try to find the end of the sentence as I go. Very Michael <laughs> Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on now. Uh, I think we've all worked ourselves up enough about the Blazers. Let's cool it back down here and ice the episode. We'll go into Dame time, which is Tom's topic, as well as our free business out of the week. Uh, Tom, lay it on us. What's the topic this week? Thanks, Con. You know, today we've, we're going through a lot of tough times, a lot of bad news. We're, we're quarantined, stuck, kind of cooped up. It's Everything we see on the news isn't the greatest, but uh, a little bit of good news. After being captured at a very young age off the coast of Russia, two beluga whales are being freed from ca- captivity and brought to an <laughs> eight-acre... Eight, eight, eight I'm going to start this over. 88 acre? I'm going to start this over. <laughs> 88 acre. No. All right. The human Torch was denied a bank loan. Um, <laughs> the human Torch was denied. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Ron Burgundy. Anyway, uh, after being captured at a very young age off the coast of Russia, two beluga whales are being taken to a eight acre sanctuary in Kletvik Bay in Iceland via trucks, tugboats, and cranes. And uh, according to this article, they have just been delivered safely. So wow. A little bit of good yes. news for everyone. That that honestly kind of turns my quarantine around. Wait, so how is that good news that we captured and detained two beluga whales? We did not capture them. Someone else captured them. We felt they would be better in the sanctuary in Iceland. Uh, we put okay. them in a sanctuary. We did. We, it's okay. like a modern-day free willy. We took them and put them in a place. <laughs> okay, if fair. you see the pictures of these whales, if you pull it up... Uh, they are smiling as they're being put into this water. <laughs> there is, it's a great story. I'm yes. sure they're just stoked being carried by cranes and trucks. Just would you rather <laughs> would you rather be in a lab or in a bay? Can we acres. talk? They'd probably feel feel better at home, Tom. Can we talk about the visual of just two beluga whales being carted and trained and flown <laughs> into new water? Like, can I can I get a visual on that? Can I get a spectacle here? Because that is incredible. Um, but obviously, very happy for those beluga yeah, whales. Very happy for as they had requested. How much do they weigh? How much uh, does a beluga a, whale weigh? That's a good question. I just saw it here a second ago. Um, it's got to be like a ton at least, so maybe a couple uh, tons. They each weigh a little more than a ton and consume around 110 pounds of fish per day. Okay. Holy Damn. moly. 110,000 fish in a day? 110. 110 Holy. pounds. 
<laughs> not 110,000. Oh, oh, I, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Math doesn't add some up. big dookies after that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tyler, I just want to be clear that this is not like a, a sea world that they're in. It's like an actual bay in Iceland. They've okay. been removed. What's, what's funnier to me is that I think in Tyler's head, he was picturing like a movie where they rob a bank, but the prize was two beluga whales. <laughs> so <laughs> like, We need to get there? them out of Russia. Get them to Iceland. So can I get a ticket to this place, or what's the fee to get in? Get on it, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Story of movies. Free the uh, belugas. The free the belugas. Okay, let's move right on into our free business out of the week, and we will wrap it up there. Uh, Kyle, do you have one? Are you ready to lead us off over in Montana? Yeah, I can start us off with the Coors Light Prosper Cold Take of the Week. Oh, God, uh, I always forget you, get, you have there a repeating weren't a lot sponsor. Of, weren't a lot of cold takes this episode. You guys made it challenging on me, so hats off to you guys. But I'm going to have to loop it back to the to the dead body conversation and Tyler picking himself. I think that was a, that was a, that was a selfish play. Uh, it wasn't very humble of you, Tyler. Uh, you, didn't, you, you don't seem to be a team player in your thoughts. I, I was a little disappointed in that. Sorry, I'll, I'll learn to humble myself take. when I'm killing someone. <laughs> hey, see, that's the issue right there, Tyler. No, yeah. I said very specifically in this scenario, you never killed the person. You just admitted to first-degree murder. You're going to jail. You're going yep. to jail. That's Can why we we're be not picking you. Very clear. This was a hypothetical question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> very, very clear. Um, <laughs> Tyler, who are you going with? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Summerfield Golf Course here in Tigard, Oregon. Features 2,353 yards of pure, amazing golf over there in our uh, old folks' home in Tigard. You will be uh. hitting at least one, two, maybe three homes, but that's all part of the fun. Get out there, play some golf, and enjoy a good time out at Summerfield. That's a great one. And Summerfield is kind of the course we all grew up at, that and King City right yeah. next to each other. So always pretty uh, easy to reminisce on some good times at Summerfield. Definitely totally. go check them out. Tom? Uh, do you ever get tired of having your car break down or having do. to deal with car issues? I mean, do you take it to the dealership? Do you take it to like some big box repair shop? They're just going <laughs> to oversell you on everything. I'd recommend totally. going to the Toy Doctor in Tualatin. It's a family local-owned repair business specializing servicing in toyota and other fine japanese cars uh my car's getting wrapped up there right now but they do good work and they uh and they shoot it straight with you okay wow uh that's a good one i'm gonna go with one that is really uh, owns a big piece of my heart because they gave me my first job and they sling out the best spaghetti on the west yeah. coast maybe in the nation i'm gonna say nationwide i'm gonna say nationwide best spaghetti yep yep and that's let's go the old spaghetti factory uh, I, Kyle, you worked there as well. Um, we worked there for what? I worked there for like five years. You were there for you a couple. Were, I, um, I did three summers. Yeah. Three summers. It, it is a very pleasant place to work a good way for a high schooler to make a buck as well as that Mazithra cheese. It is world famous, obviously that you can put my name on that quote. Um, if you go, let me tell you what to get right now because my order's a little wild, but trust me, I just told you I worked there five years. This is what you get. All right. You go the manager special, you get meat and mazithra. That's classic. That's what everyone does. Pro or most of your table is going to want to do that. But then this is this is where you really get it. You get a side sauce of Alfredo. Oh, so don't switch the sauce. On the no, counter. you get the Alfredo. You just dump that baby right on top. Yep. You get the Italian sausage, and you get the two meatballs. Yes. You are not only going to have dinner tonight and be in heaven, you're going to have lunch the next day, lunch the following week, Lunch a month from now because they are generous with the servings. Old Spaghetti Factory gets my free ad this week and anytime anyone wants to talk wow. about it. Oh, you're going to have to move. Vet move. And I also want to say, 
Tom's a regular there at this point. Tom and my sister Brittany. While think- Connor worked there for four to five years, I still might have frequented old spaghetti factory more than he was there yeah that is true i think you spent more hours there than i did working in the same you're gonna have some olive garden stands coming at your neck with that one dude don't get me started on Not olive even. garden like i mean like, where are the breadsticks that's all i'm wondering dude the breadsticks are that's trash. where are the breadsticks the, the breadsticks are the most overrated part of where any restaurant they? is the olive garden breadsticks they give where, you they, they, they give, give you, you sourdough bread, bread. And, oh they my give you oh, hot you're a sourdough, sourdough bread i see oh, you're a sourdough guy who's not a sourdough guy this okay guy, Everyone's a sourdough. Yeah, that was the Kyle. Can you change your cold take of the week? Yeah, Tyler being anti sourdough. That was the worst take you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much with you. I've had some bad ones. Okay, the second we start debating bread is the second we need to wrap up this episode. Um, we are at Backyard episode. Blazers on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. Um, go ahead and give us a follow if you so please, as well as. Please reach out, send us some topics you'd like to discuss, or if you'd like to coordinate, potentially calling into the show yourself, being a guest. We'd love to hear from you. Talk some blazers, maybe talk some hypotheticals. Tyler, wink. Um, at Backyard Blazers, at Backyard Blazers. Follow, follow, follow. Perfect. Let's wrap right there. Until next time, Blazers. It's late to Roy. This is for the...